Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to this EA Sports FC special episode focused on finding the perfect players to fill out your ultimate team at the start. You know, we're looking at cheap beasts, maybe some more expensive players too. And I have two guests with me who've been scouring the database for players to bring to the table for this episode. First of all, we have Josh Excels. Hello, welcome back. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's it's that time of the year we're all building our teams that we think we're going to have and then you pack that untradeable player from your first untradeable pack and it all changes again so yeah very very excited to get into this and we have another guest i'm hoping he's going to carry this a bit because with the database launch and foot.gg stuff going on i've been very busy i've got a few to bring to the table but i know hubert has plenty welcome back to the pod Thank you for having me. I think I should probably just make foot.gg my homepage at this point because <laughs> it's like every time I open my browser, it's just like new tab, finding new players, new player searches, you know, all these things. So uh, yeah, excited to be talking about some of these players, lots of new ones, obviously, with the addition of the women. Yeah, very good point. We'll, we'll come back to that in just a second because I've realized I forgot to mention that this is going on YouTube, which is unsurprising, main feed episodes normally on YouTube. But the difference is here, we're going to have some visuals of the players on the screen, thanks to Josh's editing skills. And this is actually something we're considering doing moving forward for particularly content episodes. So if you think it works well, then do drop a like, leave a comment. In fact, you could even subscribe because we're very close to that 1000 subscriber mark. But yeah, it'd be good to have your feedback. It will still make sense in audio form. And the podcast itself is not going anywhere. And that's important to note. And actually a reminder, there is another episode this week on the supporter feed there's that free trial so you can listen to it even if you're not currently a supporter for free and there's the 36,000 thousand point giveaway on the patron too. just search support for weekly going well so far stuck in two plugs but we can move into what we're talking about first which is as you mentioned women in ultimate team and the impact on the database really because remember most of them are gold actually which means that there are a lot more usable gold players in ultimate team yeah i mean it's I guess you could say like a 50% increase. Obviously, it's not doubling, but, um, you know, 50% of what it was just because, you know, how many players from the existing men's database would you actually use, you know, in a given cycle other than maybe some silvers, probably not that many, you know, a lot of bronzes and silvers and things like that are just kind of fodder. So, you know, having all these women's cards, lots of them with high pace, at least for the attackers, you know, lots with skill moves, and weak foot, um, you know, some really interesting stats too, you know, you'll have a player who's maybe five foot seven, five foot eight with high agility and really high strength. So I think some really interesting players that'll really, you know, put a twist on things. I think prices could be really hard to predict because there's so many more options now. Um, mm. So definitely an interesting, you know, thing that's being changed this cycle. 
Yeah, and actually, do you think, Josh, that they might have to suppress the pack weight of all players to compensate for that to some extent? Just because otherwise it's just going to, I guess, devalue the market quite a lot. I mean, we've already seen golds drop quite low from relatively early on in the cycle, but you'd imagine that if there's the same volume of players, of usable gold players out there uh, that there was last year, plus the women's players coming in, the prices could be actually really quite cheap of a lot of players that people want to use early on. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting one. And, and one of the kind of complaints that wasn't necessarily based in questionable motives around the women being introduced to the game is the dilution of potential pack weight in terms of like, you know, you're introducing so many more players. I think I was looking earlier, there's almost 582 or higher rated base gold players in EAFC 24. I think there was only about 350 last year. And so it is a massive, massive increase. I don't know if they'll suppress the pack weight because I think, you know, there'd be just as much, just as many fodder, you know, 81, 82, 83 rated women's players as there are usable. And so, you know, as we see with somebody like Mendy year in, year out, even though he's only 83 rated, it's very difficult to pack him. You know, we won't have that with Dembele this year because he's had a nice little plus three. Hmm. But it, it, it's it's probably going to be more that the players individually are weighted rather than the, the ratings themselves. But I do think we've been moving more and more away from base gold players being usable past about October, really. Like the push is so heavy towards promo cards. And now with evolutions as well, where you can essentially choose the player you want to get a promo card really and put them into the evolutions to to bring them up. I, I, I could see the gold market being very low very quickly again this year. And I, and I think the dilution, you know, or the increase in the number of usable players is, is going to contribute to that just as much. And does that mean we're potentially early on looking at, you know, 82, 83, maybe even 84 rated players being more affordable than they have been in the past? So when we're talking about, you know, early squads, cheaper players, actually some of these 82s, 83s, 84s might actually be considered cheaper, end up being cheaper than in the past? Yeah, 100%. And I think it's even, I think it's even further than that. You know, the, the, we get more packs like at the beginning of the game now than we ever have done before. In the past, it used to be like a real grind. You used to be playing with bronzes and silvers to begin with, but within about three hours of being on the game, you can have like a million coins worth of packs by completing the objective, scoring your goals, doing the bronze teams, doing the silver team. It it can just accelerate your account so quickly that I, I really think those 82, 83, 84 rated players that aren't, you know, five-star skill moves or have a playstyle plus or have that 90 pace or whatever it is, I do think they will be very cheap very quickly. Mm. I was having flashbacks there. You said three hours and a million coins and I was like, here we go again. <laughs> uh, shout out to the supporter episode last week. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. And I also think one thing we should talk about now is what is the thing to look for not only in players generally, but when you're building a squad early on. Because yes, you'll have untradables, which influence what you do. But I think it's always important to think about where you're spending coins or where you want to strengthen. And uh, Hugh, we could come to you for that. What do you tend to look for particular players uh, at this point? Yeah, I would say if I'm if I'm really spending a decent amount of coins, I want someone that's going to last for a while. You know, it's not, especially with how quickly prices change, I think a lot of the kind of cheap beasts 
might start a little high and then really quickly fall down as people start to improve their teams. So I'm not trying to spend 5K on a center mid who's like 80 rated or something like that. I'd rather just keep someone who's maybe a little bit worse but untradeable or a lot cheaper. And then when I'm ready to, you know, spend the coins and make an upgrade, I'm getting someone who's like a really good upgrade and it's going to last for a while. So I just, you know, also being willing to embrace that, you know, at the start, you're not going to have the best players, but it's probably the only time in the cycle where you'll be able to use a lot of these players. So just kind of trying to enjoy it while we can. Yeah, exactly. And then in terms of positions on the field, you would tend to spend coins on Josh? Does it, is it quite similar to real life, actually, in a way? For me, I like to go as untradeable as possible early because it saves you from the potential drops that you can get and it maximizes the coins that you can have in mm. terms of looking for investments, for trading, all that kind of stuff. So really, my coins will only be spent on a position where I don't have anybody or where I need chemistry more than necessarily going, well, I'm going to buy the best striker because I might pack a striker that I'm not looking at currently and I go, oh, they look quite good. Let me build around them. Or I might pack a bunch of Liga players and, it go and then, okay, well, let me build around that. And I think going in with like a set plan, it ignores the fact that you're going to have packs to open. You might pack something untradeable from those starter SBCs that you know, you want to get into your team and might take the place of that player you've been eyeing up. Um, so yeah, for me, starter-wise, I, I tend to only spend coins when there's a clear gap in my squad. So uh, to use an example, let's say you only have centre-backs below, I don't know, 60 pace, even though they might be decent. Would you actually go into, say, the first champs with those untradeable centre-backs or would you then be looking to upgrade uh, your centre-backs or kind of how like tight are you going to be about it? Yeah, no, I, I think I, I, I all, part of it is you have to play the game as well. We don't know what the game is going to be like, mm. but pace is always important early days in the game. You know, it was less so last year because of because of how powerful lengthy was when the game started. It you know it may be that if you've got a very low pace defender, they're going to be the kind of extreme lengthy that we now have where mm. they're not going to be super fast, but it may be that you can get away with it. It may be that defensive stats are way more important this year than they have been in the past. But yeah, probably if I had only centre-backs less than 60 pace, might be looking to bring somebody in for 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 at least one of them. I, I, but I would say I think people get drawn way too much to pace when they're building their starter teams. And actually really at the beginning of the game, technical players can really show up the people that are all pace and have no real mm. technique or can't defend. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of people talking about there's a few La Liga centre-backs that are 76, 77 rated, but because they've got 80 plus pace, everyone's like, oh, they look great. It's like they've got 75 defended with like 72 stand tackle. You're going to just walk past them with mm. anybody with any kind of like ability on the ball. So yeah, I, I would pick up a centre-back if I've only got very slow centre-backs. That, that I would consider that a gap. But I mean more like, if I've got a passable left-back, I'm not going to go and try and improve that left-back until after the first weekend league when you get those first sets of rewards coming in, you get a bit of coins, you understand where the market's going, and you know, you've had the chance to do some SBCs and objectives. Yeah, and I would say, don't be afraid to bring in those like typically fodder higher rated players that aren't too much more than their discard value because actually they might be say slow and that's why their discard value but can be really really useful at this point and potentially will rise when they are being used in SBCs so while people might not want to spend money actually 
spending coins on someone you can discard for the same price pretty much as you've paid isn't really spending in a way, right? You still have those coins. So I think that's an important point to make too. And actually also, just before we get into it, do you two have particular formations you tend to prefer at the start? Uh, or does that depend on what players you get? I mean, you, I know you're a big 4-3-3 exponent, but do you tend to go for something a bit more traditional at the start? Yeah, I like 4-3-3. I think it's a good balance. Um, I would probably avoid certain ones like three at the back that can be a bit more attacking just because you probably don't have great center backs for that at the you know at the start. The quick center backs can be quite expensive. And if you know, if you have your wing backs flying forward, then it can be pretty exposed. So something to look out for. But I just like trying different ones, you know, get a sense of what's working. You know, I feel like every year there's a meta. So not necessarily even finding what the meta is, but finding what works against the meta as well is definitely important. Yeah, that's true. And Josh, what about you? I always go four four two really to begin with. Uh, it's just it's just the <laughs> one that I feel like works the most consistently. Always gives you good balance, allows you to play with the custom tactics more than anything. And I, I like having those two strikers. Usually, by the time we get to the second weekend league, there's a kind of meta forming, or there's there's a way that you can play. In the past, it's also been like, what can I fit my players into where they're going to get good chemistry? But with the auto position changes this year, I think mm. that's going to be it's going to be a little more open for people to just pick their formation because most of the players will you know fit in eventually. You'll be able to find some way to fit them in. Yeah, I've normally gone for four two three one variants. Just always been someone who feels like they play a bit better with someone playing behind the striker and it allows you to you know, get someone in like the first player. Actually, do you know what? I'll mention them now since we're moving on to it. I really, really like the look of Di Maria. He's only got 78 pace, right? But he has the Trickster Playstyle Plus, which is great. So he can do these unique flick animations, dribbles and various stuff that is going to be really fun to use, but also He's got the finesse shot playstyle. He's got the technical playstyle as well, which allows him to dribble faster, essentially, in controlled sprint, which is the one where you press R1 and then you can uh, run um, with a bit more control, but still at speed. He's also got incisive pass. This is his regular playstyles and Trebella. So and he's got a good selection. He's obviously only two-star weak foot, but to be honest, I've always been someone who doesn't mind lower weak foot too much. I, I kind of by default try to use a player's strong foot quite a lot anyway so it doesn't bother me too much still got 91 agility 91 ball control 90 dribbling and 89 composure as well as uh, 87 short passing 92 curve 88 free kick accuracy 89 vision and uh, you know he's got a little bit of aggression and strength and height as well which is quite nice so I think he'll be good he's at Benfica now which should make him pretty cheap even though he's an 83 rated his default position is actually centre forward so he can also play striker which I think does make him more viable as a slow player because you know you can still get in your pacey wingers in the uh, wide positions so he's someone I'm definitely keen to get in early and also actually because he links to a lot of other very good Benfica players. I'll part that for now and maybe come back to it because I'm keen to hear who Hugh and Josh have. So uh, yeah, Hugh, why don't you start us off? Uh, what particular player are you eyeing up? It's it's almost the same player when you look at the stats. It's technically two different players, but just depending on the league you're building from. Um, so I did a search on foot.gg for players with more, 85 or more pace, 85 or more agility, 85 or more balance, and 85 or more strength. And there's only two players in the game um, that fit that criteria. One is, I think it's Geisa from Man United. Um, she's Brazilian. And one is uh, Myra Ramirez from Levante in the women's 
Spanish league. They're both really similar stats, and they're not even just like 85 plus. They're closer to like 88, 90 plus in these stats, and they're the only two in the game. So like, you know, Mbappe, you know, Cristiano, Holland, any of these players, and it's like just like it's crazy. These are an 81 and 83 rated strikers, mm. you know, and they're they're probably not going to be very expensive, and they have such unique stats. Um, they look incredible. Yeah, they both have ridiculous physicality, and they're not that tall. But Ramirez is kind of tallish, right? Yeah, five foot ten, um, high medium, but no real holes in her stats either. Like they're all solid stats. You know, nothing you would really, you know, look down on. Gaisa has medium medium work rates, which isn't the best, but just like really good stats as well, and only eighty one rated. So I mean, obviously, it's not going to be perfect. You know, eighty two finishing, seventy six shot power could be better, but with a chem style, you definitely get that up. Yeah, Ramirez, interestingly, has quite a few traits as well, right? Not plus as many of these players that we'll be looking at don't have pluses because there's only, what, 150 or so players who have pluses. But uh, she has finesse shot, first touch, technical, aerial, and relentless, and also quick step, which, as we talked about before, very useful uh, play style to have. But the other thing I was going to ask is, both these players have three-star weak foot. Are you kind of preferring the four-star skills at the start to the weak foot, Hugh? It's hard to say. I think... There's a few new four-star skill moves, so that'd probably be nice to be able to do. I think it can be, you know, hard with some of these starter players. You kind of have to have a weakness somewhere or else they'd just be way more expensive or higher rated. Mm. So, um, you know, you kind of have to pick and choose your battles. But also just looking at, you know, the links that they have. They're in good leagues, like the Myra Ramirez is in the same league as that uh, Rachel Kundanji, which I know lots of people on Twitter have been talking about. The mm. uh, another one from uh, the Spanish league, so uh, five star weak foot on her, also eighty three rated. So I think there's just like it opens up a lot of possibilities for you know who you can play them with as well to kind of minimize their weaknesses. Yeah, I was actually looking at I think it's uh, Paula Fernandez who plays for Levante as well, and while maybe she doesn't have the best stats if you're looking for someone to just get chemistry on her I think she'd be fine because she has 85 short passing 80 long passing 82 strength which is good 81 standing tackle 84 interceptions only 3 star 3 star high attacking medium defensive which isn't ideal but should be useful one thing I did want to mention is actually the database that EA released which all the uh, databases like foot.gg used didn't have alt positions so while some positions are default, like striker to centre forward, for example, so we know that's going to exist for those players, or right wing to right mid, uh, right wing back to right back, others we don't know about yet. And that's particularly the case for midfielders, where they'll have centre mid but no default position, but they may well have CDM, CAM, etc. Uh, so it's important to note. Right, let's move on to yourself, Josh. Anyone uh, you wanted to bring up here? Yeah, so I've gone less kind of stats-based. Obviously, stats are still important, but more playstyle-based, especially people that don't have playstyle plus, but have some of the playstyles I think are going to be super overpowered. So the first mm. one's going to be a Premier League centre-back that I think is being lost a little bit in the kind of... There's there's three City centre-backs, Akanji Ake and Gavardiol, that all look really good. Obviously, Saliba looks amazing. Varane looks incredible. Van Dijk will be super expensive. But Urien Timber has been injured, so he's not going to be playing. So there's going to be a little bit of like... People won't be thinking about him. He's got 78 pace, 80 defended, and 80 physical. But the stat that he has, the, the play styles that he has, is jockey and intercept. Jockey specifically, I think, is going to be super, super important. 
I'll just read out what it does. It increases the max speed of sprint jockey and improved transition speed from jockey to sprint. So when you're defending one-on-one, especially if you're tracking that striker, if you've got a striker running at you, you're going to be able to win the ball back off the player a lot more consistently and be able to keep up with them whilst being in that kind of jockey motion, which allows you to make tackles more effectively. So... For me, I think it's going to be super important. Somebody like Kunde, I think, is going to be very, very expensive from Barcelona because he's got that uh, as a playstyle plus and he's got the 84 pace. Um, another defender that has it but isn't in the Premier League is Nico Schlotterback from uh, Bundesliga. Now, he might be a bit more expensive. He's 83 rated. He's got 78 pace, 85 defending, and 82 physical. But he's got seven playstyles, which I think is the most I've seen on a player. I don't think... I've seen anybody with more than seven play styles and he just looks crazy. I I used his ones to watch at the beginning of FIFA 23 and really, really enjoyed it. He's got a deserved upgrade. He was superb for Dortmund last year mm. and he's got 78 pace, 85 defending, 82 physicals, but he has got aerial intercept, block, slide tackle, jockey, all defensive play styles. And then he's got the long ball and power header trait, uh, play styles traits goodness me um mm. going forward and he's left-footed so you've got that left-footed center back on the left-hand side i think he's going to be a brilliant center back he's probably going to be a bit expensive but every year it seems like there's an 83 rated center back that is op for the first two months it was kimpembe two years ago araujo last year was amazing from barcelona as a sneaking suspicion that schlotterbeck may be the op 83 rated center back this year yeah no, he looks really good. Uh, if you want an even lower-rated centre-back with jockey, his name's Sol Coco. Uh, unfortunately, not the most linkable because his country is Equatorial Guinea and he plays for Las Palmas, but he is six foot two. He has like solid enough defensive stats, but also 84 strength, 77 aggression. But he's lengthy by default, has 86 sprint speed and 79 acceleration. Yeah, and he, uh, he actually has a teammate, Eric Curbelo, who's 76-rated center back with 84 pace, um, five-star weak foot, only five foot eleven controlled explosives. Not really your kind of archetypal center back, but probably pretty good in a three, you know, with that pace, solid strength. I want to say that he should have right back as an alternate position from what I remember last year. Don't quote me on that if it changes, but based on his height and his pace, it kind of would make sense. Mm. So yeah, maybe someone you can also start at right back because there's not a ton of pacey right backs that are very cheap either. So a uh, decent option if you want to stay back right back too. Yeah, and actually has five-star weak foot as well, which is nice. Yeah, nice one. Maybe a bit of a Las Palmas hybrid brewing. I mean, there's certainly a lot of Spanish options, aren't there, with uh, the women's players as well. But I wonder if there are some I don't know, higher-rated players uh, particularly in La Liga, I find that, you know, well, we've had Busquets in the past. There's obviously crews who are both very slow, but have actually been kind of nice to have in the early stages because, as I said before, they don't decrease necessarily in value if they're fodder price uh, and you could make profit if an SPC comes. So uh, are there any kind of like higher rated players that fall into the category of potentially being players you aren't going to lose coins on it's it, it's an interesting one i mean like high rated fodder did have a nice rise last year once we got the first few sbcs in the the thing with the with when people are building women's teams is they get to the center backs and then are worried about the height and it's we're just gonna have to wait and see i think it's the, it's the height and the physicality even though their physical stats and the card might be good the weight of a player is massively important when you have those collisions in game so it's going to be something we're just 
going to have to see how it plays. But I look at like Mappy Leon, who is an eight, I think she's joint highest rate centre back in the game and looks amazing, has like 81 passing on a centre back, 90 defending. Isn't the like best physically, but is good enough and has really good dribbling. As I say, amazing passing and even like really decent shooting. Her stats look to me like she might be able to play in midfield. And if you can play her in midfield, I think she'll be undervalued because her card comes out as a centre-back. But I Mm. really, really like the look of Mappy Leon. Yeah, I guess you could start in a back three, right? And switch through custom tactics to move her into midfield. So, yeah, I think it's a good shout. A lot of them, obviously, as you'd imagine, of the women's defensive players are really good on the ball. And so that's potentially something uh, to look for. Any other players from you, Hugh, you wanted to mention it? On the theme of Spanish, I gotta say, Pateas looks amazing. You know, five-star, five-star, left-footed, amazing dribbling. You know, 92 dribbling, 90 shooting, 91 passing, solid physicals, decent pace as well. So she really looks great. Um, you know, there's a few Barcelona midfielders, Bon Mati, Guijaro. Um, so lots of options there. You could probably make a really great uh, Barcelona women's team and then just plug in Araujo and Kunde and Ter Stegen at the back and you're good to go. Yeah, one point to make actually on this is the way chemistry works with clubs, correct me if I'm wrong here, Josh, is that once you have four players from the same club, they do get full chem if they're all from the same league because you have that league chemistry point coming in and you have two club chemistry points. But potentially with women's players, if you drop them into the mix, as long as you have an extra bit of nation chemistry, you can still use four players to get up to full chem on those players. Yeah, if, you, if you've got the extra nation chemistry, that would be correct because you'll have the two segments from the club and then you just need that extra segment either from the league if you add an extra player in or from the the nation um, on whether that hmm. nation's a woman's player and a man's player linking or the two women and the two men's player linking, you can you can get it that way. Yeah, so it does make it quite good for these clubs that do cross between women's and men's, but obviously that isn't the case for a lot of leagues as well. Have you found any, Hugh, in the NWSL? Because I know on the supporter episode, uh, Josh was talking about how actually NWSL could be undervalued because it's like slightly awkward to link to other leagues, but at least it's actually quite easy to link within its own league because all the players generally are US nationality. Yeah, there's definitely a, a number of options. Obviously, going forward, plenty of options. You know, we look at Dabinia, five star, five star, uh, technical dribbler, playstyle plus, uh, and five foot one. Um, I'm sure she's just like incredible on the ball. Um, but even then, there's some other options, like a bit of a cheaper one would be Crystal Dunn. Um, she's listed as a cam, but I'm pretty sure she would have like left back and maybe like CDM as alternate positions because she's very versatile, plays uh, left back for the national team, has played on the wing, has played in attacking midfield, but. Um, 87 pace, 85 dribbling, but then both 77 shooting and 77 defending while having solid passing and physicality. You know, just a really solid all-around midfielder who you could probably play in a number of positions. Um, and also one where, you know, 77 defending, but she has 81 defensive awareness and 79 interceptions. It's really just the heading that brings it down. So I think she'd be a really solid um, kind of Conte type CDM at five foot one. Yeah, that's true. Anyone yourself, Josh, you've uh, picked out? I mean, it's difficult to look past Trinity Rodman. She's not only is it 
an amazing name and you can like, you know, have three American women's players from the MWSL call it the Holy Trinity. You know, you could do all those kind of jokes, <laughs> but an 84 rated right winger with 94 pace and 83 physicality. I think that's the big thing that draws people to her. She's also got seven play styles, including a play style plus, which is quick step, got finesse shot, flare trait, rapid trickster, traveller and relentless. I think relentless could be a play style that might get overlooked initially, but could be big, especially as you get into champs and you're playing more 90 minute matches and even into extra time i think it could be mm. quite a big play style to have just looks outrageous you know with a dead eye i mean that it's it's a very very good card if you can get those links together i think trinity robin's going to be a big big player yeah i was actually going to say uh, one thing i would know about the nwsl is that they do have some goalkeepers around six foot which could be quite useful actually for getting some of their teammates on full chem really easily um although i don't know that six foot tends to be a bit short for me for a keeper i prefer them to be six foot two or above generally but we'd have to see how they play because potentially there is the option to do that and uh, that could be yeah as I said, an easy way to get chemistry on a player are there any other players from NWSL that you wanted to mention uh, before we move on here? In terms of particular players, there are a few options. I think one that I found interesting was, and I, I'm honestly not totally sure how to say this name, is Lao Wabanta. I'm going to go with that. Mm. Interesting set of stats for an 81 rated CM. High low work rates, but does have 82 interceptions and 78 standing tackle. Um, 94 stamina is really nice. Uh, only three star, three star, but decent pace and dribbling. Only five foot one, but um, just one. I think like if we're talking about like true starter players, not ones where it's like, oh, here's my starter team, and it's like Rashford and you know Van Dyke mm. or something like that. So um, you know, a true starter player seems like someone who could you know do pretty well as like an attacking like get forward center mid something like that. Nice. Uh, we should probably take a break. I don't know whether anyone wants to sneak in a NWSL player before we uh, move on. Just purely for the picture on her card alone, purse, midge purse, right winger, 81 rated, with the outrageous side eye. Someone's just said something horrific <laughs> off camera. And you, her on a right wing looking at a striker is going to be hilarious. Wow, yeah, you don't get that too often, actually. The, the very professional pictures, actually, throughout the NWSL, so that's, that's a nice touch. Actually, uh, good, good card as well. Not bad. Um, like pure, yeah, pure usable, pace. very usable. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, we'll take a break on that and uh, we'll be back and I'll push my uh, Benfica agenda. Hello, normally in this break I'd ask for your support. This time, I don't really need your support because there's a free trial function on Patreon so you don't need to pay a thing and you can get this week's support episode, the EA Sports FC 24 cheat sheet, completely free. All you need to do is sign up. Obviously, if you continue to support after that, that would be hugely appreciated, but you just don't need to. You can sign up and get that extra podcast, enter the 36,000 fifth point giveaway, and as long as you're still supporting, at the end of the month, you'll be eligible. So do check that out. Greatly appreciate your support if you decide to do so. All you need to do is search support for weekly. Follow the link in the description of this podcast or type in bit.ly slash more pod. That's bit.ly slash more pod. A huge thank you if you do consider it. And let's jump into the rest of this podcast. Right. Welcome back after the break. Yeah, time for me to push my Benfica agenda. Basically, there are a lot of really good starter players at Benfica. And uh, I feel like it's worth a look. There's possibility, I guess, they're inflated in price because of how easy it is to get chemistry on four of them. If you put four of them in, you'll get full chem on them, as we were saying before. But if you look at Di Maria, as I said, 
very, very good. And I think it has that advantage of having been a top player, but now potentially cheaper because of the lower pace, but still having the technical quality. You've got Rafa, who people will probably be aware of, has 93 pace still, 86 dribbling, um, four-star skills, actually default position center forward again. And then we've got uh, Koku, who's a, a player that you used uh, to good effect. Was it last cycle, Hugh? Um, five-star weak foot. Looks really good. Yeah, he was a good one. He had uh, a player of the month, the team of the season. Um, always been good. I was kind of surprised he went from Feyenoord to Benfica. It's I won't call it a lateral move because you know Benfica pretty consistently in the Champions League. But mm. I was I was thinking he might go you know top five leagues, but certainly makes an interesting one for Benfica. Yeah, and he's got well-rounded stats and eighty-five aggression as well as good short passing stats and you know okay free kick stats too. Shame about the medium, medium, uh, as we know, nemesis of last cycle. Um, But there's a fair few medium, medium work rate midfielders around. If you don't mind low pace, you've got Otamendi, who looks all right, but you know, probably nothing to shout about. Um, I really like David Neres as a stars player every year. He's got five star skills. Uh, He has always decent pace, 86 pace and 86 dribbling. Uh, You've also got Guedes, who people will know pretty well. Uh, Again, 86 pace and uh, decent dribbling stats, but also great shooting, 81 on the card. And another favorite of yours, actually, right, Hugh, uh, Barr, the right back, who has 91 pace and uh, has 81 physical as well. Just actually a really, really good card to take a look at if you're wanting to evolve someone potentially and they allow you to go up to that kind of pace because he's got uh, three-star skill moves and five-star weak foot. He's high, high, and he's six foot. So it is a really nice starting point um, for a better card. And as a starter player, he's also very good. You've then got Jessica Silva, who plays for the women's side, but you should be getting chemistry between the two. She has five-star skills, four-star weak foot, and good traits as well. She's got flair, technical, trickster, traveller, and quick step as well, and uh, high-medium work rates, which is nice. Uh, 87 dribbling and 85 composure, 87 agility is obviously going to be very good but she's also decently fast 82 pace on the card and um, her passing is good enough she'll definitely be cheaper i imagine because her other stats aren't particularly amazing um, but if you want to you know chuck her in get a bit of extra chem maybe through throwing in one other player from that league and maybe the manager or obviously if you have enough portuguese and benfica players which you probably will uh, she'll get full chem so yeah uh, i like the portuguese league a lot this year not necessarily been my favorite in more recent years, but it has been good in the past. You've got St. Juice as well, 93 pace centre-back for Sporting. Uh, he looks really good and I think has quick step, which is nice. So that extra boost when he's in explosive sprint. And uh, yeah, are there, are there any other Portuguese league players we haven't mentioned? Maybe uh, I think there's a, a left-back, Sanusi, is it? Who's, uh, I think he's Nigerian, right? Uh, 93 pace or something like that. So yeah, a lot of different options. And because uh, they're, you know, lowish overall, they're potentially evolution options as well, depending on the requirements. They also, by and large, have a lot of play styles. Uh, mm. I've noticed, like, in the non top five leagues, I mentioned this in the previous podcast we did, but a lot of those players in the lower leagues, I think because they're not expected to get as many promo cards. So, you know, there's not as many opportunities to give them more play styles. I've been given lots of them. So it's definitely something to look out for. I do think those lower league squads could be 
slightly overpowered. If playstyles are overpowered, I do think the the you know Portuguese league, Eredivisie, Turkish league, even Saudi league, definitely could uh, could be overpowered to begin with. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Are there any more off league players you you like the look of actually? Yeah, something I've been looking at really since they announced the heroes. You know, there's there's going to be three of the new heroes in the Eredivisie, so um, you know some of the options in the league aren't the best, but I think there's certainly some with potential um, that, you know, could be worth looking at, um, you know, Bergwijn, uh, definitely solid winger. There's uh, Gertroida, who's listed as a right back, but I believe should have center back as an alternate position. Um, so there's a few players in there, um, but really, you know, you get those three heroes, Lippmann and Kanu and Beasley um, all look pretty solid. Um, so that could be one of interest. Be interesting to see what they do, especially with evolutions. I think that it gives the lower leagues a bit more potential because I think you kind of have these low-rated beasts, whereas in the the main leagues you kind of have your your top players and then your not so good players generally. Yeah, it is interesting as well with playstyles because it does add that extra dimension to lower-rated players. You know, you see they have quite a few playstyles or ones that you think are going to be useful, and it just yeah increases their usability. Yeah, anyone else from you kind of very much left field, Josh, that you've found that people might not have? Yeah, someone who I think will be quite expensive mainly for SPC solutions to begin with, but is a really, really like tidy little player is Sasha Bowie, who's a uh, right back at Galatasaray, French, has got five playstyles, relentless technical dribbler, anticipate intercept and jockey the all-important jockey 85 pace or 86 pace uh, and 84 physicality his technical stats aren't brilliant he's very much a defensive right back but i think most people set their wing backs to stay back while attacking at least at the beginning of the game um i just think he could be a nice like player for your team especially if you're going with a, a mainly french team and then jota is the other one now mm. he moved from celtic to the saudi league and it's not gone well for him. I actually don't think they regist- registered him for the um, Asian Champions League. I'm pretty sure he's now saying he wants to leave. So, you know, sometimes it's not all cake and watermelon. So, um, it, but he's a, he's got a really nice little card. He'll be super cheap at 78 rated. Again, might be expensive for SBC solutions, um, but six play styles, including the trickster play style, which I think is going to be a really important play style to have. Um, there's a few extra animations, especially the flick ups uh, with a trickster play style are really, really nice. And I think will be quite difficult to defend against, at least at the beginning when people aren't expecting it. He's also got power shot, technical dribbler again. I think he could be a nice little cheap beast to pick up. Uh, and then I, I have one that's um, not from a from a minor league. It's from from Liga F, from Real Madrid, and it's Caroline Weir, um, who's four star, four star, high high, a really well rounded midfielder, really good play styles mm. again. And I just think because the pace isn't massive, she isn't Spanish, she's Scottish, so it's going to be fairly difficult to link. I think she's going to get overlooked quite a bit and could end up being really, really cheap, but she's got some really nice stats. Her agility is a little low, but dribbling wise, everything else is incredibly good for a starter player. Enough defending that she can perform like well defensively. I, 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 think, I think she could be one to look out for as kind of like a a cheaper player that maybe isn't in people's teams when they first build them. Yeah, I think you're right. It's nice to have a player who's that technical in the midfield as well, actually. I was going to mention, uh, obviously, uh, the right-back you mentioned, Bowie being a, a Galatasaray player, but you've also got 
I think it's Torreira is there, isn't he? And he, yeah, he looks pretty solid, like a, a well-rounded defensive midfielder with good work rates. And the other player to mention is Zaha, is at Galatasaray. And he's always really good at the start, but has always been fairly expensive because of the Premier League element, but actually could be more affordable. He's obviously strong, five-star skills, three-star weak foot, which isn't, I guess, terrible compared to Di Maria. And yeah, I think could be a, a nice little combo. Obviously, the nations there, apart from the French right back, not so great. But if you pop in a fourth player from Galatasaray again, you know, you got your full chem. And if you happen to get an icon, <laughs> then yeah, you're definitely sorted. Yeah, any any ones from you, Hugh, that are very much under the radar at the moment you wanted to mention? Yeah, I would also just add from the Super League, you have Fred, who, you know, for a starter mm. card looks pretty good. He has relentless play style plus. So um, I think that's pretty cool. High, high work rates, but 89 agility, 88 balance. Not too bad pace, but decent defending, um, 94 stamina. So I think if you wanted to go for like kind of a cheap, fun off league, couldn't go wrong there. You know, Jedson Fernandez is definitely one that people look at, I think, talk about potentially for evolutions, depending on what we see. But a 78 rated center mid who's 73 plus in all the face card stats, high, high work rates, Mm -hmm. you know, him and Fred together in the midfield with Zaha on the wings. It's pretty solid. Yeah. Also, uh, I don't know whether I should say this too loud, but you've also got Kent in the uh, in the Super League, and he's still got 89 pace, five star weak foot, four star skills. So yeah, uh, looks good. Yeah, he does look good. There are definitely some options uh, in that league. You know, thinking forward to what we could get for Evolutions, guessing at the start of the game, probably focusing on lower rated players. So, you know, maybe you don't want to commit your your limited Evolutions to the Super League, but. Mm. I think you could probably get some pretty good players from it that other people won't be looking at if you want more of a unique fun squad. I wanted to point out when we're talking about kind of more off leagues, the Bundesliga 2 for Silvers is crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, the star of the show, Sir Lord Conte, C-O-N-T-E-H, <laughs> 95 pace, um, quick step, play styles plus. I think he's the lowest rated player in the game with a play styles plus that isn't like long throw. Um, he's got a brother, Christian Conte, who's a 93 pace winger. They've got a center back with 87 pace in that league. Like, there's basically position like players with pace in almost every position, except for center mid, which is like 75, not too bad. But if you're looking for a silver league, some players you might kind of come across early days when you're opening rewards packs. Maybe you just hold on to some of those pacey Bundesliga two ones if you're looking forward to silver lounge. Yeah, do you kind of think Josh Evolutions? adds a, a certain flavor, a certain dynamic to silvers generally, because obviously they do have the potential to be upgraded and evolved. And if you've got a silver team and there's a player who's really good for you, you could potentially move them up to your, your main squad if there's enough room in Evolutions to do that, right? Yeah, and, and I do hope that there is paths for you to do that because, um, you know, when if an evolution is locked to certain stats, it would be frustrating to you know upgrade a player through one evolution from a silver into a low rated gold. But because they've had a you know pace boost, they then can't be entered into the next evolution. So I think managing that's going to be an interesting thing, and I, I do hope that there's kind of clearly delineated paths that you can put silver players into to really get them hmm. up to where you'd want them to be. Um, I don't know if we'll see it in season one, maybe maybe as the seasons progress, but it, I, I just think Evolutions adds a different aspect to players across the board, to be honest, of, of all abilities. Low pace may not be an issue anymore because you might have an Evolution that gives you a plus 10, plus 15 pace 
that suddenly makes that 60 pace midfielder eminently usable with mm. 70, 75 pace. So I, I definitely think player prices and how the game changes and what's meta, I, I, I really hope that it is what we hope it's going to be. And, and we, we do get massive variations in teams as people you know, level up the players they want to use rather than what the meta is. Yeah, yeah. We should probably just run through a couple more players, but we want to uh, have enough time to just chat about those pitch notes quickly. So, uh, Hugh, any final players to chuck out there for people? Yeah, um, there's a couple I can highlight. One would be Sakina Karchawi. Um, might be the best gold left back in the game. Um, you know, looking at her stats, she plays for PSG. And, uh, I mean, obviously, PSG is always an easier club to link in general, <laughs> so... Um, probably no issues there, and she's French, but um, you know, four star, four star, eighty nine pace, eighty seven dribbling. Um, physicality's not great, fifty strength especially, but you know, as a going forward left back, um, after Kem Styles, she's pretty comparable to like an Alfonso Davies type player. Mm, yeah, I, ha- I have a feeling she's getting an inform this week as well. Mm, wow, goal, a goal and two assists. I can't imagine that's not going to be getting an inform. How much of a problem do you think it is going to be having a five for three left back? You. I guess you can't tell at this point, really. Yeah, I guess it uh, it just depends how much, you know, explosive for defenders. I think this past season or this past cycle was really not something that you wanted. But this year, maybe a bit more. I think it also depends if you're willing to let your fullbacks attack. If you want to stay back fullback, then I think she's definitely not going to be very good. But um, if you're someone who likes to have overlapping fullbacks or you play three at the back with wingbacks I think she could be really great yeah also you know far post crosses are their thing because <laughs> you know that could be a problem but yeah you, is that you done for now then I mean I'm sure there'll be players to mention here or there moving forward but I think there's only one more that I'll highlight which is Ada Hegerberg she's a uh, place for Leon she's been around for a while and I don't know if she'll necessarily be good but I'm more curious that you know she has 74 agility and 48 balance but She's only five foot nine, so I'm curious with a lot of these women's players that how much does the agility and balance truly matter because they're so short? Like, is that going to make them feel clunky like we would expect with a men's player? Because usually a men's player with 74 agility and low balance is probably like a, you know, a, a Harry Kane, you know, like a, a tall striker. Mm. So I'm curious with these, relatively speaking, shorter strikers, maybe tall for a women's player, but you know, is she still going to be good on the ball? Um, because she has 90 reactions, 90 ball control, 90 dribbling. So in theory, she could be kind of like a women's Harry Kane type player if, you know, the dribbling's not too bad. Yeah, her shooting is outstanding as well, right? Um, and you're probably going to be playing Hunter on there. Not the fastest, but yeah, four star, four star. 89 rated. So you've got that whole fodder thing going maybe. So yeah, an interesting one. Josh, let's come to you. Any final players to, to wrap us up here? Yeah, I'm going to go for a, a rapid four, all from La Liga. 82, 83, 84, and 85 rated. So we'll start off at the bottom with Molina, who's had a massive upgrade, Argentinian right back. Not to be confused with Montiel, who's moved to Nottingham Forest, but mm-hmm. Molina's got 85 pace. He's got well-rounded stats outside of that. Decent passing, decent dribbling, good defending. Strength is a little low, but the stamina's high, which I think is probably one of the most important things on a on a fullback. He's got the block play style and whipped pass, which is for those crosses. So I think he could be a really good budget option early days. The 83 rated is a player I think got an upgrade despite getting relegated, which is Sergi Dardare, um, who... I believe he used to play for Newcastle, but I might have that wrong. The next player definitely played for Newcastle, but he's 83 rated, 81 pace, just really well-rounded midfielder, 82 passing, 83 dribbling, decent defending, 
Only three star, three star. Although his pace is high, I can see that dragging his price down a little bit, but he's got seven play styles, including power shot, finesse shot, he press proven, incisive pass, pinged pass, long ball pass. I just think he's got everything you could need in a really good starter midfielder. Obviously, that three star, three star is the only thing that he's lacking. Another three-star, three-star midfielder and the Newcastle X player is uh, Mikel Marino. 72 pace, again, is a bit low. At 84 rated, he's probably going to be a little bit more expensive. But those like four final four stats, 82 passing, 82 dribbling, 82 physical, and 83 defending, triple stat, Catcom Tons delighted, um, is absolutely amazing. And again, just really, really well-rounded. Six foot two, very tall midfielder, will be really good defensively for you. I think those two in the middle is a brilliant little duo. And then finally is Acuna, a player that I think will be overlooked. Again, he's only got 75 pace, which is quite low on the wing, but you can always whack on that shadow chemistry style. And for a player that's got the technical ability of somebody like Acuna, I, I, I think it's worthwhile doing that because... He's just brilliant everywhere. And if you can, you know, maneuver your team around and get him into midfield, he always gets a special card every year that eventually you're able to move into midfield and becomes one of the best midfielders in the game. Um, and so, yeah, I think those four players from La Liga will definitely be ones I'll be keeping an eye on. If I pack them, I'll be very, very happy. Mm, I know, as you mentioned, two severe players. I am, of course, contractually obliged to mention Tecadito Corona, who uh, is... At kept his 5-5 five, five. and kept his 5-5 five, five, yeah I think he went down to medium medium which is a bit annoying in terms of work rate I think he had high attacking medium defensive before um, but still has the really solid defensive stats still has that little bit of aggression but good passing just incredible dribbling obviously and he is small and he has technical uh, play style as well as trickster too not the plus but you know the regular one which is nice only thing to say is, yeah, don't, don't take shots with him because he is <laughs> still extremely bad at shooting. But yeah, in a three-man midfield, he's always been fantastic. And I think we can wrap up there the players uh, that we think might be worth using and just move on to this pitch note. Uh, what would you say is the, the key takeaway here in terms of team of the week? Because that is something that uh, it has always felt like it's way behind and they have improved a little bit each year, but this feels, Josh, like a more substantial step forward. Yeah, it's it's something that's definitely been changing as as the years have gone on. And I think in their talk about removing red picks from champs and rivals, they did acknowledge that Team of the Week has fallen behind. And so much of the game is based off of Team of the Week that it did need a change. So I think the biggest change we've seen this year is that the minimum upgrade that a player will get to, the minimum rating a card will be, is 80 rated. Um, and so there'll be no longer those like 75, 76, 77 rated team of the weeks that are a little bit useless. Um, mm. If we if we can, if it's fair to say that, but it, it's, it seems interesting to me how much of these pitch notes was dedicated to what they're calling authentic content. And the biggest upgrade they gave us last year was the featured team of the weeks that involved a skill move upgrade or a weak foot upgrade. I think the big best example of that was someone like Douglas Louise, who's um, first informed with that featured upgrade when we got that boosted um, upgrade path as well was amazing. But what happened was his following informs didn't have the same skill moves and weak foot. I think his, I think he was like four star, three star or three star, four star on that first inform that he got. And then the ones after it were three star, two star. And it was like, I'd sooner use that first one. And, but that's something they have fixed for EAFC 
is that now those weak foot and skill moves will carry into new team of the week should they get them, which I think is a really, really good uh, change. I, I do hope that the upgrade path is either tweaked throughout the year more than once, or it's just improved from the very beginning because it's, I don't want to lose team of the week. It's definitely been something that like, they were the OG special cards. And, uh, and I just think they need to have a little bit more, a little bit more flavor to them. And I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. No, I think that's a fair assessment of it. I don't know if uh, you've really got any thoughts other than we have to, I guess, see quite how it pans out in the game because they say they're going to improve it, but then of course everything else improves. So it's always a little bit behind, right? Yeah. I'm also curious because I know they mentioned that they're kind of changing the thing with red picks as well. So, you know, we're getting a boosted team of the week, but really kind of the place we often saw that being reflected in terms of like where you're getting these players, what's from the red picks other than Mm. maybe like some fodder from different packs. But, you know, especially, you know, we have so few packs, it feels like nowadays that are tradable that in terms of getting these players in your club, it'll be curious, you know, to see if they're changing anything with the drop rate or ways that you can earn them through specific things or, you know, what they're doing around that. It does feel like with the fact that they're saying that the featured team of the week items upgrades will carry through to the next inform is good because often, especially at the start, those players were low rated but had some you know extra skill moves, things like that. But the idea that their next inform could actually put them up the rankings in terms of their quality uh, is quite nice and I think will generate a bit more hype around the second informs of a player, which actually in the past, to be fair, often weren't that exciting just because it was a tiny upgrade on the previous one. So I think that would be good. And uh, we should then just move swiftly on to Heroes, which is the other content-related thing they've mentioned. I'm not sure whether there's anything to say here, Josh, that we don't know already, but basically just watch out for actual heroes dropping we've seen the ucl ones um, but actual heroes will come at the start of the game and then uh in november november the 27th people will get their hero pack and i guess they'll also be in packs at that point if i got that right yeah but i there's a few things in that hero section that i don't think we knew for sure which is that the your pre-order um pack that where you get your Champions League hero card is only going to contain one of the 19 cards that they've released that are new heroes to the game or Mm. changed icons. I'm not sure we absolutely knew that for sure before. Um, So, you know, everyone get ready for your Carnu and Beasley or I think Alex Scott's actually going to be quite good. But, you know, whoever, Lippmann, I think probably is going to be the worst one. But yeah, that's what, that's something that was different. The other thing that's different is that they've said we'll receive the UEFA Hero Pack, so one of those 19 on the 27th November. It says a full two oh, weeks yeah, before yeah, they'll be available in the pack player pool. So not only will we be able to play them outside of it, we now know a date for when we're going to get a UCL promo, which is like 10th of December, like the end of the Champions League group stage. So I wonder if there's going to be a little bit more, obviously the FIFA license is broke, but there's still quite a big license with UEFA that um, EA have. And I wonder if we'll get a lot more of that coming. You know, they also announced somewhere else in the pitch notes that we're going to have the Mad Ready promo for the uh, from the 22nd to the 29th, so the pre-order period. But from the 29th, it's going to be UEFA Road to the Knockouts. So that's going to be our first promo. Mm. And they said we're going to get Centurions. So we've got a, like, a li- little, like drips of information of stuff we know is already coming so yeah that i think i think it was there was a little bit more information on that page than initially it looked yeah and then 
player programs is another section they have. Again, I, there is a f- little bit of a sprinkling of information, but maybe nothing major, and we'll we'll find out when it comes. But they've said, you know, showdowns will be back. Dynamic duos will be back as well, which is nice. Uh, and they're saying they're going to combine men's and women's players, which is uh, a nice touch and, and will help with some chemistry crossover, I guess. Um, but was there anything else particularly noted here? I mean, they have got the card designs that you can take a look at, which means there's going to be player moments, flashbacks, end of an era. And uh, yeah, of course, Team of the Week we know about. I, th- I think the one of the biggest things in this section, and it was mentioned in a, in the women's uh, football section as well, is we didn't really know how promo squads were going to work with women's players. Was it going to be a totally separate squad, you know, for Team of the Week? Were we going to get two Team of the Weeks? But the way that they've said it is they're going to release them as if it was like a non-top five men's league. So similar to the, you know, Portuguese league or Eredivisie, that kind of rate. And so I think, again, the worry about promo, you know, not getting as many men's uh, promo cards as we have done because we're introducing this brand new player pool. Again, that's something else I think that's kind of been put away here as well. Mm. Um, And I think it's probably the right way to judge it at the beginning to kind of ease it in, see how get people used to playing with the women's players. I imagine they'll slowly ramp that up throughout the year and and over the, the, um, the games as we move forward. They have also said that in the first season, we're definitely getting Eredivisie, Liga F, NWSL and MLS squad foundations. So mm. if you're wanting a little early investment thing that you can just store in your club, I imagine Eredivisie manager cards might be something to stock mm. up on. They're non-rare as well, aren't they? So generally. So yeah, that's a good point. Right. Um, I think that wraps us up, actually. We've got through a lot on this episode. And uh, yeah, we should say, if you have been watching along on YouTube with all the fancy imagery and stuff, well, shout out to Josh for putting that together. Um, but also leave a like, subscribe. I think we're really close to a thousand subscribers. So it would be nice to hit that in the first week or so of this cycle. Uh, thank you very much to our guests here. We've had thank you very much for coming along and, and where can people catch you yeah thanks for having me you can find me on uh x i guess it is now h00bear um also in the foot weekly discord definitely jump in especially with the new cycle starting you can see what people are finding is working well in terms of tactics players you might get an alert about um you know a player who's really cheap on the market that everyone should look out for you know anything like that it's really good to have that community and you can just share your squad, share what's working and get advice from people. It's really good, you know, kind of learn the game together. Yeah, if you're a gold or above supporter, then you can jump into that Discord and it'd be great to have you in there. And actually also, there is that 36,000 FC point giveaway going on and there's the fact that there's a free trial going on for the first tier of support, which is the one where you get those supporter-exclusive episodes. And that means that if you were to go sign up now, you don't have to pay anything, but you can listen to the EA Sports FC 24 cheat sheet episode which is going to be very useful indeed. And if you decide to continue supporting after that, continuing to get those extra podcasts, full ones, supporter exclusive every week, then that would be hugely appreciated. Again, just search Support Foot Weekly or follow the link in the description. And then Josh, thank you very much for coming on, of course. And yeah, looking forward to getting into it. Yes, roll on the web app. Can't wait. Yeah, looking forward to everyone getting into it. And if you have any success on the web app, on launch, whenever, or have anything to say about the game, any questions, anything you want to discuss, then do send those in all the usual ways. Footweekly at mail.com, at footweeklypod on Twitter slash X, or in the pod priority questions channel in the supporter Discord. If you are a supporter, then a huge thank you for keeping the podcast going and a massive thank you too to those Icon patrons. Dave B, Hugh J, Coach Vass, 
DJ Fever Player, Alan G, Alistair, Anthony R, Dominic P, Rob P, Jeff B, Michael K, Stephen F, Tom B, Damon H, David S, Nick Jack M, Eric T, Neil P, Adam G, Kirky87, Dan W, Waterman, N Hagman, Harry A, Jake G, Roger D, Springford, Elec, Bracco, Nishant, Harry P, Alex M, Lee A, Brendan W, Andrew C, Joe W, Timothy J, Dylan, J Kel, Ibis24, Adam R, Sam K, Graham W, Andy, Ads H2K, and Brian V. Plus a special thanks to Luke M, Dave B, Hugh J, Tom M, Darren W, and Pato Foot for advice and production assistance. Before I leave you, just one more thing to add, though. FIFA's a bit like life, really. It has its many ups and its many downs. If you're having a few more downs than ups in real life in these more difficult times, then please don't feel that you're alone or need to struggle on without taking action. If you go to thecalmzone.net, there's loads of resources, advice, support, or even just a friendly chat for anyone who needs it. If it sounds like it could help you, then head over to thecalmzone.net. And for now, have a good one, and I'll catch you on the next podcast. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.